Hello everyone. Welcome back to Project Pastel's YouTube channel. Thank you for joining the Athlete Align segment of Project Pastel's, where we give athletes a platform to share their experiences with racism and discuss how sports can be used as a vehicle to combat prejudice. I'm here today with Whitney Ashu, who is a competitive volleyball player. You may have seen her name on CBC and on our platform. She, recent, she recently experienced a racial incident at her club in Manitoba. And being a BIPOC volleyball athlete myself and having many followers on this platform who also play volleyball, this incident hits close to home. So with that, we wanted to bring her on so that she can share her experience and give some advice to those who may be going through something similar. So Whitney, would you mind giving the listeners some insight to who you are and your volleyball journey? Well, as, as Atara said, my name is Whitney Ashu. I'm 14 years old and I was born in Cameroon and Cameroon, Africa. And I moved to Winnipeg, Manitoba when I was four years old with my family. Um, yeah, most of everything. <laughs> so we're both volleyball players, so we definitely have that in common. Um, so as I mentioned before about the racial incident, so for those who aren't familiar with the incident, could you please give an overview of the incident surrounding your former coach? So what happened was my coach was being very racist towards me and the whole situation with George Floyd, and he decided to take it further by saying that he was allowed to say the N-word because he was an adult and there was such thing as freedom of speech in Canada. So it started with my teammate telling him about a book that she was reading called The Hate You Gate. It's a very popular youth novel. And she told him the description of the book. And then he proceeded to say that George Floyd was a bad person and he was a meth addict and I then asked him, what does it have to do with the police killing him? And he said it was because he was resisting his 22nd arrest. So it was right for them to kill him. It made no sense to me at all. Yeah, and even just looking, I, I read the article many times, so I'm aware of what happened. And obviously, um, the you know, the George Floyd arrest and the murder sparked conversation and controversy worldwide. Um, so obviously, being um, a Black athlete, it must have really hit close to home when he said those derogatory words. So how did that make you feel? It made me feel very angry, and I was very disappointed and disgusted because he is an adult that is very trusted in my, he was an adult that was very trusted in my life because I would see him three days a week for volleyball. And he's very trusted by parents and other athletes. And he was the only person there. So I was just very confused and mad that he would say something like that because I've known him for a while and he's never said anything like that. So I was just very angry and disgusted. I would, I would be too. I just, I just be so outraged because, um, you know, the coach and player relationship is something that's so special and it's such a special bond because, you know, for me, like I look up to my coaches so much and they give me advice in volleyball, um, on how to handle situations outside of it. And they've really become part of my second family and my family in general. So I'm, you know, it's just, it's such, it's such a breaking of trust when something like that happens and you just 
feel so, so sad and extremely shocked that someone could say something like that, right? So um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but you are 15 years old? 14. Or you're 14 years old and you have to go through something like this. So many, uh, many kids your age may not have spoken up. So why did you speak up? Well, I spoke up because I was just like in today's society, a lot of this goes on and I faced a lot of it before. So like, it was like a secondhand nature. I feel like the way that my mom raised me was not to like take anything from anyone, anything negative from anyone else. And the energy that he was giving off that day was very negative. And I wasn't having a very good day either that day also. So <laughs> he just kind of made it worse. And I was annoyed. And because he's a white male that grew up in Canada. So I was like, what do you know about this? Why are you trying to tell me what it's like when you don't know anything about it? So that's why I spoke up. And if I didn't speak up, this wouldn't have happened and he could have done it again to one of my other POC teammates so I decided to end it there. That's amazing and I think you know not taking anything negative from anybody that's such a key thing that I don't think many people I think often cultivate until they're a lot older. They think you know well this will lead me into my next question but many believe that speaking up will tarnish their reputation or it will cause a scene but for these things to end somebody has to say something otherwise how will um, these other parties know what's going on. If you're a white male how on earth would you how on earth would you be able to understand what it's like living as a black person, as a person of color? You're not gonna have any idea because you are not that, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the, the, like those sort of thoughts were um, going through your mind as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, and also like leading into my next question, you know, people don't speak up because it'll cause a scene, it'll like it'll tarnish their reputation. And overall, they'll probably fear of you know, what others would think afterwards, right? So what advice would you give to someone who needs the courage to speak up? Honestly, don't care. Like, just don't care about it. Like, it's gonna be better for your mental health in the future other than having like regrets for not standing up about this and having to go through it over and over again after you don't stand up for it for the first time. Just. Just do it, honestly. That's all I say. Just speak out about it. Just go in head on. That's all I have to say, yeah. That's literally one of my favorite quotes, like just do it by Nike. That's yeah. like my favorite things because like whenever I'm in a situation, sometimes I feel like I'm just a bit hesitant on doing something. And like, even in general, I'm just like, Atara, just do it because what's the worst that's gonna happen? And especially like this, standing up and making a change as someone who's who's young, who's 14, are you, like, are you even in high school yet? Or are you still in I'm middle in school? Nine, yeah. You're in grade nine, you're a freshman in high school and you have to go through something like this. So there are so many, there must've been so many societal implications against you when you stood up, but you did it anyways, because this is going to be for the greater good. And you had that in mind when you spoke up, which is outstanding. Um, leading into my next question, did you receive any sort of support from your teammates or other coaches at your club for standing up against um, your former coach? I received a lot of it. I received a lot of it from 
my manager on my last team, the manager that we have on the, on my current team, all of my teammates, teammates from past teams, uh, players from other clubs even were reaching out to me and a bunch of my friends read the article. I had a lot of support going into it. A lot of coaches supported me also. Yeah, I had very much like an army behind me and they were all helping me and my mom figure out this situation and it was amazing, yeah. That's incredible and I think we're, I think you were really lucky in this case because there are many situations like this that go unnoticed. There have been, I'm sure there have been many that have been undocumented. So what can you, like, what advice would you give to those people who, A, you know, may not have their situation noticed by others, and B, what is, and like, what sort of advice would you give to those um, who may not have the support um, to really stand up for what they believe in? Um, I really don't know what I would say, but probably try and speak up about it more and try and find people who do support you on this situation. Try to find people who were there when it happened to support you. That's really all I can say because I don't know what it's like to not have people behind me because I just have people behind me right from the get-go. So that's mostly what I have to say. I'd say that too, because I'm lucky that I have an amazing support system. So, you know, if I ever did encounter something that you did, I would I would know right away. I would have my friends helping me out. I would have my family. I would have my teammates and the club community, the volleyball community helping me out. So, yeah, I think we're definitely lucky. I think the volleyball community itself is just such, it's a really small community. And I think it's so close knit and everybody has each other's backs. But obviously, Things like this do happen and racism is very prevalent, not just south of the border, but here as well, too. Um, and going back to what you said, you had a ton of support from your friends, coach, um, other coaches um, and so forth. So um, were you satisfied with how your club responded to the situation? The first part, yes. The rest of it, no, absolutely not. I think the way my head coach, the head coach of the club handled the situation was very childish. I was not satisfied with the way that he handled it at all. He ignored emails that were being sent to him for the situation. And he did not reply to those emails until he got a call for, from CBC for question. So then he re- finally responded to the email and the way he responded was, it had nothing to do with the situation. And he sent out a page of dates with the incidents that were happening with it. And he was talking about everything but the situation. And it was, it was weird. And he was sending out emails to parents that I feel like he was trying to center the whole thing on himself. He was trying to center the whole problem on himself. And he was talking about how 15 years ago, he had a news newsletter released on him where it was saying where he was sexist. And he decided to say at the end of that email that I believe what happened to me in that newsletter is the same thing that happened to the coach that was being racist. 
So apparently everything in that newsletter said about him wasn't true. So he believes that everything that happened with the CBC article for me is the same thing that happened with him. So he was basically calling me a liar and I left the club. So now I have nothing to do with him, but it was surprising because at first he was with me for the situation. He was like, I'm very proud of what you did. Good on you for standing up. But then he switched up and I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. That's ex- that's insane. I mean, I read it. <laughs> so I was looking at it and I'm like, the the way the club dealt with it was just very unprofessional, it seems, right? Like not not accepting what happened. Like first, you know, that that's amazing that, you know, that you had so many people with you and that they agreed with you, which they should have. But then going, then, you know, waiting later and saying, oh no, like this is not how I really feel about it. And just trying to make everything that happened a lie. That's just poor, that, like in my opinion, that's poorly handled. Um, and I think when people don't, I think when people try and like spin it around something else, they're really putting more emphasis onto what actually happened. Because if you're not answering questions about this, um, about the situation, then it really shows to you and to everybody yeah. else that it actually happened. And it's actually a big thing, a bigger thing than you, than you would think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've had this racial incident before. So, and as a, as a black child um, in high school and a volleyball player, is this a conversation that you've had with your parents before? Because BIPOC parents, especially black parents, educate their kids on racism in society at an early stage. So was this something that you were aware of at all? Yep, it's a talk that I have with my mom at least once a month constantly. She understands that I'm a child I'm a teenager and I want to go out with friends and I want to hang out with my friends. So she's always telling me to be careful before I leave the house. And she's always telling me if there's ever a situation going on, make sure you call me, make sure you try to figure it out like like civil with the person. Exactly. And if I ever get like in problems with authorities, I know exactly what to do. She's taught me what to say and how to react. So it's something that we definitely talk about a lot and I'm always careful when I'm going out. Isn't that crazy? It's such a different reality to what our non-racial allies have to live. You have to be prepped to talk to the police and the authorities if something were to ever happen. Yeah. Because we've seen time and time again here, even south of the border of what happens when people of color, specifically black people get involved with the authorities. It can be very, it can end really messy. And oftentimes it's a sad ending, which is just insane. And unfortunately it's the reality of things. And I hope that this will change in the future with the many efforts going on to try and address police brutality and the unfair treatment that goes around. So what what messages do you have for your BIPOC athletes, your fellow BIPOC athletes who could be going through something similar or just in general? Um, Don't be quiet. Don't sit there quiet. Speak up, raise your voice. Don't take none of the crap. 
<laughs> don't sit there. Just go head on. Make sure that you have people around you. Make sure that you know what you're doing. Don't just like randomly say things. Yeah. Just go guns blazing, right? Just head on. Just attack. What do you have to lose? You have a voice that needs to be heard. And that's it, right? And finally, to end off, what advice would you give to your non-racial allies? Um, stand up for, like, be an ally to people of color, BIPOC people. Be an ally to them. Don't just stand there being quiet. Like, your, your silence can damage a lot of things. Um, yeah, just speak up. Don't uh, don't be don't feel like you're being pressured to like I don't know how to explain it. Just don't feel like you're being pressured to like help us. Don't feel like you're being pressured to do it. Don't feel don't feel like you have to agree with your own race like I don't know how to explain it just I see what you're saying like don't agree with your own race so for example if someone's making derogatory comments and you feel that it goes against your moral beliefs by no means do you have to agree what your fellow white person said right you go with your moral beliefs and you say and you stand up to them and you say it's wrong because it is because these are derogatory words that should not be used Mm -hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Um, well, thank you so much for coming to talk with us today. Um, this, this incident is, I'm really sorry that you had to go through it, but it's, it's a harsh reality of what's going on in society today. And we applaud you, like we at Project Pastels applaud you for standing up for what you believe in, especially at 14 years old, you're a freshman in high school, and you're just starting your volleyball career. Um, so we think that was amazing. We want you to keep standing up for what you believe in. And yeah, just a huge thank you from us. And we wish you the best of luck with your future endeavors.